0: Welcome back to For Folk's Sake. I'm your host Paige, and this week our guest is Dahlia Martinez. I originally met Dahlia because she whitened my teeth. And even though there were teeth whitening trays in my mouth for the entire hour, we couldn't stop talking about all of our commonalities. You know, is a plant mama, I'm a plant mama, Dahlia loves crystals, I love crystals. Dahlia used to work at a nonprofit, and I used to work at a nonprofit. And the more we kept talking, the more we realized truly how much we had in common. You know, during season two, I knew I wanted to add conversations that dig in deeper to aspects that are a little bit more personal and relate to past experiences. And I feel like this conversation with Dahlia is just that. We talk about our empathy for houseless individuals and the bad habits we picked up from past relationships. But we also discuss things that I will never in my entire life understand, like immigrating from another country and finding my way in that country when I feel completely outcasted. I am so appreciative of Dahlia and her willingness to come on the podcast and have such a vulnerable and real conversation with me. Also, there is colorful language used in this episode, so be cautious of little folks while you enjoy. Now it's your turn to learn, episode 39 with Dalia Martinez. Martinez But I was, like, not sensitive as a kid. I feel like I felt a lot of things. And then when I was a teenager, I was like, I'm so cool. I'm so (laughs) much better than everyone else. And I was kind of a little shit. I didn't listen. I remember specifically, I always thought that my mom wasn't, like, privy, if that makes sense. Like, Mm -hmm. I'd be talking to, like, boys that I shouldn't have been talking to. Like, bad Bad boys. Bad boys. <laughs> and my mom would be like, I know, but I uh, no, you don't know. And yeah. she knew. She knew a hundred percent. And she'd be like, I know exactly the
1: type of person he is.
0: Yup. And then I um Got married, and I feel like I went back into, like, that more feminine...
1: Like, soft. Soft. Soft girl era is what they call it nowadays. Is it really? Yeah, it's, like, a whole thing. I mean, my soft girl era? It's just, like, you know, you're, like, channeling your, like, femininity and... Yes. Like, your feelings instead of... And there's nothing wrong with, like, not being aggressive, but being, like, headstrong about your opinion at all, but there's ways to come about it. Cause I mean, sometimes I've given my opinion where it's a little aggressive yeah. <laughs> and there's definitely better ways to get your message across without being aggressive. Yeah.
0: And like overly, yeah, I was like, I was just ha- almost hateful in it, where right? I'd be like, nobody gets me. You don't, I was just talking to another girl I just had on the podcast where we were kind of saying like, in the age of today with like modern feminism, it's almost mm-hmm. looked down on if you stay in that feminine air, in your feminine era or in your soft mood, yeah. but like, also while being in a relationship with a man because then it's like, yo,
1: you're not supposed to do that, you know, whatever. You're not supposed to be submissive. He shouldn't be telling you what to do. (laughs) Why is he giving you your opinion? You're your own person. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, I kind of like doing that, though. Exactly. I'm like, as long as both parties are in agreement and it's healthy, I don't see a problem with it. And I don't really see what's wrong with being submissive to the person you love if that's what makes you feel Good. Right. Like, or maybe
0: that's like the way you've decided that the relationship is going to like work the best
1: for. For sure. It's funny because I'm like, I used to be a very, not dominant person, but I can have like, I can have like a dominant personality, but I'm just not like that with my partner at all. I'm like, okay, well, yeah, let's do that. <laughs> i like, so you make the decision, right? And, but it doesn't bother me. It's funny because like me, like sometimes we'll make jokes to each other about it. And he's like,
0: <laughs> you know, like, it's say like those th- jokes that you're like, if anyone heard this outside <laughs> of our relationship. Then and like- I'm over
1: here agreeing like, <laughs> yeah, I know. There's nothing wrong with running this relationship. I'm happy. No, it's like in a healthy way. It's definitely different than being controlled and having someone be possessive.
0: Oh, yeah. Fine line, too. Because sometimes it's like when you, especially when you're like, you kind of let your partner take take the lead or something like that, you almost catch yourself in a feeling of a relationship that maybe wasn't as healthy before. And you're kind of 100%. like, okay, are we in the same situation? Is this different? And how is it different? I'm still like on the healthy side
1: of things. Like, how do I set boundaries? Like, when is it too much? And it's like, I feel like once... If you've been in an abusive relationship, whether it's like verbal, physical, emotional, whatever you want to call it, um, I feel like sometimes... You You can mistake that like, oh, I'm letting they're telling me to do this. Does that mean that they're trying to control me? But really, it's like, no, that person can just genuinely care about you as a person. And sometimes we're so caught up in our little bubble of we think we know what's right that we can see someone else's opinion being as, oh, you're just trying to tell me what to do. Like my decisions aren't good enough right and sometimes they're not sometimes people see the potential in you that you don't see in yourself which is a hundred (laughs) percent my relationship some like he pushes me outside of my comfort zone and sometimes I'm like well is you know like is he trying to force me to do something I don't but no it's not like that like the feelings are so different Right, like I've been in that where it's like, oh, you, you know, you're in a possessive relationship, and you don't really have your own opinion.
0: Right. Do you feel like now that you're in a healthier relationship, you have a problem with constructive ca- criticism?
1: A thousand percent. Okay, cool. Oh, because a sometimes percent. I feel
0: like my husband will give me like very valid, very constructive criticism, and I'm like, w- why are
1: <laughs> you attacking me? You're trying to defend you're- yourself and come up with all yeah, of these things. That we yeah, have-. and it's a- such a- I feel
0: like I think it probably still happens now where I'm like oh. It, no, that's not right, and I know it's it's like you're overcorrecting too much in your own mind, yeah. and then it's like to the disadvantage of the person that you're like now
1: with trauma. That is literally trauma. Like if you've experienced like an like a bad relationship, like it really does mold you, whether it's a good way or a bad way. It, but it molds you in some way for your next coming relationships, whether that's your relationship with your partner, your relationship with your family, with your friends. It really does, like, affect you, whether it was a good or bad relationship. And I I can definitely catch myself. It's a lot better now because he's taught me to, like, have a little bit thicker skin. But when we first moved in together, girl, we were
0: at each other's throat. Oh, my God. I feel like I'm literally hearing my own story from another person. Like, the first year I was married to my husband, I was like, it was so... Peace and love. I am so happy. I'm so happy in our marriage. But like that first year, I was like...
1: one of us has to go (laughs) and it's not me. I'm like this feels like war like do I actually like you because you're making me mad every Every day. You're annoying
0: me every day.
1: (laughs) You're like I can't do this okay. Yeah no that's so
0: true. It's like um I don't know it's also a lot of like reteaching of yourself. Oh for sure. And it makes it so much more energy where you're just like I'm Not stuck, but, like, you get stuck in this one-track thinking, and it, Mm -hmm. it like, hinders your relationship, too, because you're putting... You have to put energy into your current relationship, but then you're also putting energy into yourself to, like, heal from something else that doesn't really pertain to your current relationship, but, like, pertains a lot to your current relationship. Mm -hmm. It's just... It's a lot.
1: It's, like, you aren't that person, but that person did things that is now going to make me react in a way that's not healthy, Um, because that's all I know. Like, I feel like sometimes in, like, possessive relationships and stuff like that, people lose themselves because you're constantly trying to be someone you're not almost like in a survival mode it's like oh i have to do this i have to be this type of person or else it's going to cause conflict with that person right and reteaching is self-healing self-love and reteaching yourself like healthy like how to do healthy boundaries how to communicate healthy how to accept constructive criticism and not be offended or feel like that person is not valuing you it is literally one of the hardest battles in the world world yeah it is hard fighting yourself is so hard, especially if you're stubborn. Yeah. Oh,
0: especially if you're stubborn. Especially if there is parts of yourself that you really like before. I think that's one thing that's like hard for me too. Is like there's a lot of parts of myself that I really enjoyed and that were kind of taken away. Absolutely. And so it's like what parts of myself am I trying to get back? And what parts of myself am I fine with the adjustment or am I fine yeah. with the change? But I think I guess I've never now, my brain's like kind of twirling, but like I never really thought about, um, like the effect it had on like my family and friends. I always think of it oh, exclusively absolutely. like in my marriage.
1: Oh, um, a hundred percent. I mean, me and my sister, my sister's my best friend. And although she is younger, she is such an old soul. Like, if you meet her, you would just understand what I mean by that. It's funny because we have like, I tell people, I'm like, we literally would live at my parents' house. We have Jack and Jill rooms. My room is like pink, sparkly, like glitter and plans and you go into her and it's like nirvana guns and roses lana del rey like oh i'm recording like a little recorder thing (laughs) yeah literally (laughs) records and stuff like that we're like so different but we mix in so well because she's she's vocal and she's blunt and she and i literally admire you telling me a
0: story about having to say like okay before we go in here like you gotta watch yourself and like what
1: you say oh yeah our grandmother oh god that's what our grandmother Yeah. yeah Like, we, like, before we uh, visited her, we're like, all right, two things you don't talk about in front of grandma, politics and religion, because that's <laughs> just a recipe for disaster. And we like just had that understanding because we're, we're headstrong. We like, if we hear something that's not, I don't want to say like morally correct, but just like, you shouldn't say that about just a human, or you shouldn't not like a human because, you know, the way they look or the way, like, just things like that, I'm just like, all right, I don't want to get into it, so I'm just not going to talk about it, especially if it's, like, some with someone that you love. Yeah. It's, like, hard. It's, like, I accept you, and I know you're a good person, but damn, those views you got. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it is kind of hard sometimes. I just, like, stop talking about it, but I feel like COVID time, summer of 2020, was, like, the worst. Yeah. Yes, like the actual worst Where you were like I am so I mean There are a lot of days That I'm homesick And I'm like I wish I was closer To my yeah. family Because my family Is like still back In the Midwest But there is sometimes some times Where like Even other family members Fighting each other Where I'm like oh I'm so happy You're like, like I'm not like, in that Actually I'm super far away But then they call you Because then they don't Have to see you every day So then That's they're like so, They're like Guess what So and so did Yeah And then like Meanwhile I'm getting a call from the opposite person that's, that's like
1: this MF and it's like okay like whatever. I'm like I'm not there physically but I am being integrated into this fight <laughs> I'm like, I'm not the mediator. How am I getting involved from th- that far away? And they'll find a way. Family always finds a way. Oh, yeah. That's so
0: true. That's so funny. I do have a very, very serious question to ask you oh. so we can get started. Okay. <laughs> get started. Um, what inspired the Light Up Queen Elizabeth painting in your living room?
1: The Light Up Elizabeth Queen Painting. Yeah,
0: don't you have a painting of Queen Elizabeth in your living room, like, over your couch?
1: That's a mirror. What? No way. On your Instagram? Which one? You have to show me. Yeah, let me show you quick. Let me show you quick. We have a crap ton of, like, either paintings or, like, random stuff on the wall. Yes, your your house looks very, like,
0: eclectic, which I really admire because, as you can see,
1: my house is not... Like, it's pretty empty. It's, it's just clean. You like, like, the minimalistic look and with your plants, but it looks cute, like, with your crystals. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, that's not my house. Oh, it's not? No. So, okay. Now I know what you're talking about. I was like, Oh, that
0: is so (laughs) great. I saw the plants like up by the ceiling. I was like, Oh, this is definitely her house. There's so many plants in it.
1: It's, um, a hotel. It's called dossier or dossier (laughs) in, uh, Portland. Uh, we went for Nick's birthday. Um, homeless problem back there is horrible
0: Oh my gosh it we is We think it's bad
1: here It's
0: so flipping bad I have friends who oh. live in like the Bend area Of Oregon so you have to like You go kind of into Portland But then you take that like side highway To go east mm-hmm. out more yeah. And it's just like It's a sea of people Andrew was just watching something I think even last night Where they did like an aerial shot Of this area in oh Portland God. With like all the homeless people And it's like It's
1: fucking rough
0: It's bad
1: I mean it's it's sad to see it Just another human struggle That bad right because it's like you know a lot of like society might think like oh like they're doing drugs or it's just drugs but like i've worked with the homeless population
0: same we we have this in common we've both done like a non-profit yeah
1: like outreach. community health work yeah. exactly yeah. it's rewarding but it is like shout out to all the social workers I do not know how they how they do it and how they stay for that long because after a year I was so burnt out
0: because you're right not everyone who is homeless is doing drugs it's not like an exclusive thing but there are like it is a good per not good percentage but a a larger percentage of people oh, who are like both mentally ill and doing drugs and mm-hmm. that is like a cocktail for disaster i mean
1: 11th street in tacoma pierce county hilltop that's where i would work it's a rough area it's like that safeway that safeway is famous for getting broken into <laughs> like the cops literally wouldn't come anymore like it was so bad yeah i mean they like have some of their windows boarded up i don't know now because i haven't worked there for a while. So I don't know what it's looking like. But when I was like working down there and I would go and help out the homeless population, you know, it's, it's hard because you, I've met really great people through it that I'm like, you're really trying to fix your life. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And there's, you know, resources are only good. So like they will only do so much.
0: Right. It's like where the resources and the person needs to start, But there always seems to be this weird like gap between like the ability of the person and the resources of the state. There's always, like, a little gap that, like, some people can overcome that gap, but a lot of people are kind of, like, stuck at the gap.
1: And I don't blame them for being stuck. Like, we would have people come in and what we did, we did this one, like, program where we would help them sign up for, like, a free cell phone. Like, it would, if you're, like, low income or homeless, they would give you a free cell phone, like, pay for the minutes and stuff. You just have to come in and, like, um, have, like, an address to mail it, which they would mail it to us a lot. Um, But. But it's, like, to help them get jobs and stuff. And, you know, sometimes it's even hard for them to just get a freaking ID. Oh, yeah. We're, like, calling, like, three people. Like, I have, like, the manager of, like, the homeless department, like, also trying to call people. And it's, it's, like, a never-ending loop. I'm, like, how are they supposed to better their lives if they're not even, you guys aren't even picking up the phone? And this was, like, during COVID time. So you weren't able to just show up and get help in person. Oh, yeah.
0: I'm yeah, so it happy was bad. I did work. And social work during COVID. <laughs> Everyone I don't was think like, I could have done
1: it. I loved my job as like a, like helping the community and like helping people sign up for resources like health insurance and stuff like that. But it's also really sad. Yeah. Like I sometimes would come home and I would cry. Oh yeah. No, me too. A hundred percent. I would bawl.
0: I would I would be so close to just telling them like just come stay with me. You know what I I know fine. and it's like
1: you need to know the fine line and it's like you can't, <laughs> you know, you have to keep a level of professionalism because there's so many. There are so many and you can't save them all and it's one you know that's another reason why like i stayed for so long because i really did have like a good amount of people that like i genuinely cared about like you know i heard their story i heard what they need i helped them and they were like i'm literally gonna cry um (sighs) like they would be just so happy and grateful that someone even cared enough to like oh my god i'm literally gonna like like No, you're fine. Like, the level of gratitude that they had for someone that just gave a shit. Yeah,
0: because they go through this system over and over and if they go yeah. to DS, DSHS H- or whatever it is and it's like there's so many people that already have like that preconceived stigma Yeah. that like, when you do show a little bit and sometimes that's the gap that we're yeah. talking about like of the ability of the person and the resources of the state there's a gap and sometimes that gap is someone caring.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, no, I also, because I did sometimes like go and work at the urgent care clinic, amazing people, but the doctors are so overworked. Like the staff is like seeing 90 patients a day during COVID or COVID related things like testing. And it wasn't testing because people are sick. It's, text, it's like testing because they want to travel. Oh, testing because they want to go to yep. like a graduation ceremony and stuff like that. So I get how... They can be, like, so desensitized that they – it sh- comes off as not caring. But, you know, if I feel like – I truly believe really – I don't know how that must feel, like, to be a doctor and be overworked or be a social worker and be overworked like that and have, like, 30 patients and 30 different stories. And yeah. Some people need that extra push, but you're so tired of pushing them because you got to push all these, like, 20 other people. Like, I get it. I do. But it's sad because – People who truly do deserve a second opportunity, they fall through the cracks. And they're the people that are trying, that, that really are trying. Like, I don't know, it just, to see a human not have, like, the basic things in life, like food, shelter, you know, an ability to have, like, stable income and, like. A safe place to sleep exactly. at night. It breaks my heart and, you know, Olympia's getting just as bad. I was just going to say that I feel like in the
0: last maybe two months, I've noticed it a little, because obviously when you're out in a late Olympia, Lacey, and you're, yeah. like, whether you're going downtown from, like, uh Sleater, Kenny, and, and, like, Lily Rowe, yeah. Marvin, that area, I feel like is, when you're coming from, like, this area, that's, like, the first place that you, Lacey. like, kind of hit it, and then after that, I feel like it's been, like, this gradual increase.
1: Oh, 100%, and, like, so my girlfriend owns a restaurant downtown Olympia, El CTO, and... Shout out. Shout out to too. Shout out to Vanessa and Belle. <laughs> Woo-hoo! Yeah, girl. They're awesome. Their story is amazing, too. Um, but it's like right in front of like that state building that used to be the capital like decades ago. It looks like a castle, People's Park.
0: Oh right, because they're by the the Goodwill boutique, right? Yes. Around the like around from? the corner.
1: Love that, that area. park, man. Oh yeah, a hundred percent. We have the windows open to let fresh air in and sometimes we have people that are so out of it that come to the window. And like we've had, it was me and Vanessa and my sister because we all work together. <laughs> um we were literally in the bar and They will stand there, like there's this one guy in specific, and he will literally stand there and just stare at us. Yeah, just stare at us.
0: Right. I mean, we have. You're like, I have empathy for you, but like, you're creeping. Like you're
1: making me uncomfortable. Like, and not, you know, not all of them. Most of them mind their business. Right. Like, a
0: hundred percent. Most
1: of them mind their business, but there is, you know, some that are, you know, so far gone, whether it's due to like mental health problems or drug related problems or, you know, just they're, they can't handle stress or something, just something going on. Cause I do try to be like sympathetic of their. Situation, but sometimes I'd be getting scared. Yeah. Sometimes I'd be getting scared.
0: Especially if they're like on drugs and mentally ill. It's like, it's just like, like I said, like a cocktail for disaster. I remember a dude coming in and pouring, like, he had gone down the the road and gotten a bunch of stuff from like a food bank. Mm -hmm. And then he brought it in and was like stuffing. It's not funny. I mean, at the time it wasn't funny, but I feel like I'm able to look back at it now and kind of laugh. But he was like stuffing like slices of bread down the toilet and like mustard like he took this food and had like a food fight in the bathroom like all by himself interesting and so when we tried to get him to come out he said some really hurtful things which are just not appropriate for anyone's ears ever so we ended up having to call the cops and i remember um i would the last time i'd see him you know they have like that look in their eyes i feel like you're able once you're around enough you're able to kind of decipher which is which exactly and then the next time i saw him is he looked fine again and he apologized for what he said and he was like yeah i went and spent some time with the state and i'm feeling a lot better (laughs) i'm like (laughs) glad to hear it man i'm like (laughs) i know know,
1: and sometimes that's what they need you know i mean like if you're homeless and you don't have much like and you do commit a crime not like saying that it's okay but sometimes they just need that someone to care and if you know, like they get food, they get water, they get shelter there, they get clothes, they can take a shower. Yeah. And they hopefully are, you know, dealing with drugs in there. So it's, you know, it's getting bad and it's really sad. And I'm scared for the year that's to come because, you know, we are going into a recession. There is no maybe. It's, Happening. It's like here. It's like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a hundred
0: percent. I think another thing people never think about as a gap is like, they're like, well, they just need to get a job.
1: No, it is not well, that But the thing easy.
0: is, is like you said earlier, like if they don't have an ID, they mm-hmm. don't have, like there's certain things you need to get a job. Exactly. You need to have a permanent residence. You need to have an ID. And you need to have reliable transportation.
1: And sometimes they want, like they need an address.
0: Right. And so it's like, how are you, if you don't even have the money, like you need to get money to get a car to have a job. Well, no one's going to give you a job if you don't have reliable transportation. It's
1: not as easy as people think, oh, they should just get a job. No, it's not as easy as just getting a job. Some of them don't even have their social security numbers. Yeah, they have no idea. And do you, and during COVID, do you know how hard it is to get a social security card replaced? Yes. You have to call a million people, jump through a million hoops just to get the same answer. And I'm like, okay, they don't have a secondary ID is what I'm trying to tell you because they're homeless. It's, it's like a thing in itself.
0: Oh, yes. no, I would, I mean, I worked I things like 2017 to 2018 and that was it for me. It's like, hard. and I still have friends who still work at the same place oh. and I like applaud them a hundred percent. It's a great organization, but like it got to the point where my husband was like, you're, you're done. Like you're going to yeah. quit. That's,
1: because, that's me. It's yeah. funny. Cause like most of the people that I used to work with, cause I've jumped departments a little bit. It, it wasn't just like the community resourcing. Like we worked in the dental area, like I worked in, who's we? I worked in the dental area, (laughs) I worked in the medical area, like we worked, who is we? I worked in the like (laughs) urgent care section of it, Um, like different clinics, because it's a pretty big non-profit, so it has like a lot of departments for lower income families. Doesn't mean that just lower income families can't, but it is catered to them to like get them resources and stuff. So yeah, no, um, it's not as easy as it looks. I mean there's I have friends who have a hard time finding a job and they're not homeless
0: yeah you guys are just chilling out imagine if you (laughs) didn't have a house or a cell
1: phone or any type of money coming in Absolutely. Or no ID. And then you have, like, you know, the stigma of, like, oh. You well, that's another thing, hire. like, nobody
0: really wants. Like, let's be 100% honest right now. Yeah. Nobody wants to hire someone who's homeless yeah. because there's, like, a stigma that they're all, like, mentally ill or they're all addicted to drugs.
1: And it's so not true. Like, is it is there truth to it? Right. Like, um, there is 100%. Yes. Like,
0: I think we could both sit here and name 20 different people and 20 <laughs> different, like, interactions we've had just off of the top of our head of people who are definitely either mentally ill or definitely like on drugs and homeless but it's not like a mutually exclusive thing no
1: it's not it's not
0: but that's the same thing with like any population too like Mm -hmm. there's always someone who's gonna ruin it for the rest of it whether it's like homeless or like caucasian people you know what i'm saying like there's (laughs) always someone in (laughs) the group who ruins it for everybody else i i i I can definitely see that (laughs) For sure. So I know that you were born in Mexico. I saw that on your questionnaire. Why did yeah. you guys move?
1: Um. So I was born in Veracruz, Mexico, right off the Gulf of Mexico. It's beautiful. It's, you know, clear blue water. You're right next to, like, my parents used to, like, eat, like, fresh seafood because they could fish for it. But it's, you know, seafood here is seen as, like, a delicacy. Mm-hmm. But down there, I mean you're just it was doing just it what different. it was it's just what it was um and really my parents immigrated from Mexico to here because they you know Mexico as beautiful as it is it's hard um whether and it's not just the violence like the news glorifies like oh all the narcos all the drugs it's not just that it's genuinely just poverty right and my parents mm-hmm. on my mom's side, She was, like, her family's, like, pretty – like, they're pretty well off. Like, they're okay. But my dad's side was, like, you know, very poor. And they just wanted – they just wanted something better for their children that they knew that if they stayed, they weren't going to be able to provide. They were just – my parents just didn't want me to have the same life as them.
0: Right. You
1: know, like, they – my dad had been working since he was 14 years old, like, had to help provide for his, like, seven siblings and yeah, you know, he, he had no childhood oh. and it's, it's super sad and it really is. And it's, it's funny because like, he's such a nerd now with like movies. <laughs> like I've walked in on him and he has like 3d glasses on and <laughs> like what he has an obsession with movies and he's like, this he is, is the American dream. He, he loves his movies. And I like asked him one day, I was like, why are you so obsessed with movies He's like, you know, like, I didn't have anything as a kid, so now I'm able to, you know, buy myself these things. Yeah,
0: your dad's healing his inner child. hundred percent. For sure,
1: for sure. Once he told me that, I got really sad about it. I'm like, oh.
0: You're like, oh, sorry, my bad.
1: <laughs> my bad. So it's just you and your sister are you I mean, only... So it's me, my dad, my mom, my... I have an older sister who's 33. Oh. She's still she's still in Mexico. She, she just never... Wanted to come over here. She never... I mean, my parents really didn't want to come over here. They loved where they lived. They just didn't want that for their kids. Right. They wanted more, you know, like as a parent, you want everything you can't have.
0: I was just going to say, I think that's the thing that a lot of people like... Glaze over when it comes to immigration is like, mm-hmm. um, if you could do better, wouldn't you?
1: Absolutely. Like, if the
0: shoes were on the other foot, like, you would probably do the same. Ex- I would, I would a hundred, if I was in that circumstances, but I knew that like mm-hmm. a hundred miles north was like a different type of opportunity. Yeah. Just because of an imaginary line. Oh, a hundred percent. I would do the same exact thing.
1: And it's like, at the end of the day, I hate the word Alien, it Do people drives. Still it. Say that. Um. Well, like alien. That is kind of weird. When I was like doing like even like community work and stuff, um, some people, some like Hispanic families would come in and just need like help filling out like forms. Like immigration forms, so it's it's on there. It's like the what they cons- oh it's like
0: the governmental term. yes the it, word yeah that is it just aliens. but
1: every time I read it, if I would cringe. I I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I Cause we see aliens as like w- it's it, just not it. Well, it's a word that creates like a a like
0: tangible idea of like them us
1: like it makes like a
0: right that's why i said like an imaginary line like i've always thought that was so interesting how like the world is just it was just existing but then like these little life forms came and built imaginary lines and decided what time it was and it's like right and it was like oh, well actually this is ours now it's like it's actually not, not any of ours exactly. but like now it's like you can be a property owner but really what even is a property and like if these document
1: it's just this whole it really is but that word man i hate that word yeah. i i'm just like how is a person an alien like do i understand that that's just what it's been for the all of the decades of how you referred to someone. But I'm just like at the end of the day, we're all human. When God made us, he didn't say, you guys are better than this group. Right. Like we're all the same. And these
0: are the aliens and these are the humans. It's like it's
1: we're weird. all humans. But, you know, they just wanted a better life and I'm I'm grateful for it because, you know, I do see how my life has turned out versus you know my sister, my older sister or my you know like cousins that still live there um we recently had our cousin he um he's was born here his mother took him to mexico to pretty much grow up there yeah so he's he was born in the state yeah he was here probably until he was like 6 or 7 i feel like and then his mom took him back to mexico um hmm. to live I'm not, I'm not sure why but yeah. she did and I think she wanted to be with her other son because she had sense. another son so that makes sense um and he recently came back like a couple months ago and he's staying with us and I'm like what made you decide to come back like I've asked him this question because I also have friends and family members that are like we want to go back to Mexico yes they're like the way that they love the opportunities that they've gotten here but they're like we don't Here in America is, we like work to live. Like, we have to, like, they just don't like how it's so work, like, consumed. Like, the culture is too, like, heavy on work. Yes. And it's like, yeah, you're in Mexico and you may have less, but... You know, they, like, throw, like, these amazing, like, family gatherings. There's just, like, that culture. There's, like, that community. Absolutely. And I I wish I had that here. Like, I wish I had that type of community where, you know, you go outside and you know your neighbor.
0: Right. It's, I mean, that is how it is in this neighborhood. But, and I can
1: totally see that. But
0: I, I know you've explained to me where you live, and I can definitely see that. Because once you get into the city, it's like...
1: It's different. Mm-hmm. I love that I literally live next to the gym.
0: <laughs> I was just going to say, it's, it's, like, perfectly situated. It really but. is.
1: But, like, five-year plan, I, I'm i not going to say I want. I'm affirming that, you know, we'll be able to, like, move out of the country and live, like, the more me and you Nick know, kind of, like, have traveled around, like, what we really feel like we want and need is like that sense of community that sense of I don't know, we just I feel like I truly believe we weren't meant to live like this you should
0: live in a small town if that's what you're missing yeah. that's what I grew up with where everyone knows everybody if you're like out late and like Joe Schmo down the street knows that like this certain group of kids were, are always supposed to be home at six. He's calling your mom and she's <laughs> going to know, like, the, it's, it's a good community thing. Exactly. So like, you could get that from a different country too, but also like maybe just like a smaller area because we do live in a very like populated.
1: Yes. Place. I'm like, I don't get me wrong. I am grateful for my life here. I love everything that I, all the opportunities and stuff that I've been given. I'm very happy to be here. But I feel like as I get older, I'm like, okay, material things seem to be not satisfying. You know, they say money doesn't make you happy. And I can kind of see that now. I'm like, okay, you know, not saying that I'm like wealthy or anything, but I'm, you know, I'm well off for myself. And if I want something, I can get it, but it's just not satisfying. Yeah, like I do want, and I didn't grow up in like a really, really small town. Well, Lacey's small, but not like a small town. Like population, like
0: right, tiny, like seven hundred, <laughs> <laughs> like
1: literally. So I feel like, yeah, like five-year plan. That would be amazing to like be living in another country and experiencing the world. The world is so bad. Have you considered
0: going back to Mexico, like closer to your family?
1: You know, I have and it's kind of i feel weird about mexico okay and everyone's like why wouldn't you like vanessa she me and her kind of had a switcheroo where like she was born here but she grew up in mexico
0: Vanessa's your friend who owns the restaurant downtown yes. okay yes. perfect
1: and so, like, me and her, like, literally have, like, switched lives. And she's like, no, no. Like, if you go, you'll understand. Like, she's like, I miss it. I want to go back. Like, she came here from Mexico four year, four or five years ago, um, didn't know English, like, was working a minimum wage job. And now they have their own restaurant. It's doing really good. And she says, she's like, I like that we are able to provide for our family, but I miss Mexico. Like, she's always telling me how much she misses it. She's like that you can, like, go out, like, you know, how, like, we... Ha- I get excited for farmer's markets, and then she shows me the markets over there, and she's like, yeah, you can do this every day. Like, there's just more, like, like you said, there's more sense of community, and it's different, like, you know, Zacatecas versus Veracruz, very different. You right. know, like, very And so she's, like, always telling me how she misses it and stuff, and I'm like, I can't... I don't feel that way, and I know that comes from a place of... I've never... Like, I talk to, like, if I talk to my cousins on the phone or somebody from Mexico on my phone, I am considered whitewashed. My oh. Spanish is, like, I, for example. Do they call you a weather? You know, I have gotten that. Or it's, like, people that are, like, also born in Mexico and lived there their whole life, like, they'll come into our restaurant. And <laughs> this happened to me two weeks ago. <laughs> I was talking to them in Spanish and I know Spanish fluently. Like I can I can you know, writing ain't the best, but I can figure it out, I can yeah. speak it, I yeah. understand it. Um, but they're like from the city of Mexico, so their Spanish was like a little different. Like they had or not different, but just different from what I know. And they asked me, they're like, You're where are you from? You're not you're not from Mexico. You're Spanish. And I was like, <sighs> i was like funny story i'm actually like from mexico
0: yeah and they
1: were like shocked because they were just speaking to me in spanish they were shocked they're like do you think it's like lingo or dialect i think i don't know what it is like i mean, I mean there's a lot of words that i mean vanessa will correct me on and she's like oh no that's actually is like this and i'm like oh what spanish do i know and i'm like i can get by like perfectly fine and i think i knew spanish but then i like talk to her like and I'm like oh my god I feel just very detached from my culture in a sense
0: right that's gotta be hard
1: like I'm not I was born in Mexico but I'm not Mexican enough for Mexicans and I was raised here and I think in English before I think in Spanish so I am very Americanized but I'm not American enough right like I'm like, like in you the don't middle. fit
0: into either exactly spots.
1: so that I think that's why I feel about I feel a little weird about living in Mexico I'm like I feel like I don't belong even though I was born there and that comes from being detached from my culture it really is like there's so much things that I want to learn and I need to learn but I think I, repressed myself from learning because i'm like no like i'm in america yes and the
0: identity i just spoke to a girl her parents are russian and ukrainian the same thing where it was like she almost wanted to say goodbye to that part of her identity and that part of the culture because she was like i go to an american school and these kids are eating peanut butter and jellies and i want to be an american too and you kind of like throw that away. The way I look at it, almost hearing you and her is like survival. Like I wanted to survive in this social setting. Yeah. I wanted to think, look and act like an American. And that's what I did. And then it becomes like almost too much. Are you like overcompensated almost in a way? Don't let me project that onto you. or No, see no, I, it's a hundred
1: percent. I think because, you know, like, and I think of it now, I feel like, you know, I, maybe I didn't understand it then of why I'm i like, you know, why don't, why am I not that interested in my Mexican roots? Like, why am I not interested in like learning my culture, like cooking my dishes? Like I really wasn't like growing up to be honest. And I really, not that I'm not proud to be Mexican because I love being able to say that I'm Mexican and I, yeah, like I love my language, but yeah, I know. I like, now that I think of it, I think, I do feel like I probably overcompensated because I'm like, mm, like you almost feel different and it's, it's, it's so hard to explain. And I feel like, like, ah, yeah, it's, it's hard to explain, but I could definitely see how that could be. Like, maybe I always low key felt like I didn't belong. Mm. And that's why I tried to overcompensate. And the way I grew up is very different than the way my sisters grew up. Like, I was very lucky where I had like my grandma and like she mostly just spoke English and like would take care of us. She was like a little Betty Crocker grandma, but oh,
0: love that! <laughs> yeah, she's
1: she's awesome. And my sister is like my parents kind of raised her, so like she can actually cook Mexican dishes. And then there's me, and I don't. But I can see how your friend might feel like she was overcompensating because you're like, I'm in America, I want to be American, I am American, I know no other. I've not lived in Mexico long enough to even identify (laughs) that way. It's, It's such a weird thing. Like I feel like in the middle.
0: Well, also the American identity is so strong. -hmm. Like, the patriotism behind country in America is like on steroids. (laughs) So it's almost like you're either American or you're out, you know? And that would be hard to be like, I wanna, I wanna be a part of that group. I wanna be American. But then, like, there's this part, this very integral part of yourself that it's, that doesn't correlate.
1: No, or it's like, I don't look like them.
0: Oh God, I can't imagine that. Like, I
1: went, I look like everybody. I uh went to uh, – for elementary, I went to, like – it was pre- – back then, it's definitely a melting pot now, but, like, back then when I was in elementary, it was predominantly white.
0: Mm. Not
1: saying that there wasn't – Were you here
0: in Lacey? Yeah,
1: yeah, okay. yeah. Not saying that there wasn't, like, other, like, race – like, not races, but, like, ethnicities and stuff like that, but it was predominantly white. Right. So, you know, looking – like, looking at yourself and then looking at, you know, the majority, you, you – you feel left out. You feel indifferent. It's like, oh, why? Or like, it's, it's rough. I, and I feel it for like other, you know, people or even children that feel that way. Cause it's like, I may not un- have not understood what that was back then, but it's a feeling of indifference. Right. It's like, I may know perfect English, but I don't look like them. I don't have the blonde hair. I don't have the blue eyes. Like there, you feel like in a way as an outcast.
0: Right. Other than even if
1: people aren't making you feel that way, but you feel it's like a battle with yourself.
0: Right there. And that's probably really different too, is having people pointed out or just having yourself be like, no, like I'm self-aware enough to know that like, I am the one that doesn't match. Like I'm the one who looks different or, my parents, and that's something she talked about mm-hmm. too, is like your parents, even in themselves, their identity. You're like, oh, well, why don't person, my
1: parents do that? Right,
0: person ABC, yeah. their parents do this yeah. and they look like that, and that m- not my parents and not me. Like, you know? a Big
1: one is I was never able to spend the night at friends. Good which if i had children i would listen, not let them
0: spend the night anywhere
1: i and i like as a kid you're like that's not fair like all my other friends do it why can't i and like now i'm like yeah thank god yeah. people are fucking weird out there so Sick weird
0: i think about that all the time i mean refill i think about that all the time like my parents I think it's different, though, because when I grew up, it was very... Like I said, like, the community was very close, so you knew everybody that your child could possibly speak to. But then I look at even my friends who have children in this area, you know, etc., and I'm like, I... It's so strange to me to think that your child could have a relationship with another child and you've never met that parent before, or you've only ever texted with that parent. Whereas like, if Mm -hmm. I had a friend, like my husband and I, we went to the same school. Our parents knew each other that entire time. That seems very normal to me. Yeah. But then here the normal is like, Oh yeah, I was texting with so-and-so. I'm going to meet her next week. It's like, you've never met her parents. (laughs) That's so strange. I would not, if we ever had children and, but we lived here See, I'm... Home you it. don't get sleepovers, and you're staying here, and you're going to be bubble-wrapped in a helmet.
1: <laughs> and you know what? There's nothing wrong with that, because I thank my parents for, you know, trying to protect me. And, you know, they come from a place where you see some real shit. Like, you... Yeah. Like, you see someone get kidnapped in your family. Like, you see the worst of the worst. Like... You see people get killed. You see
0: blatant displays of mutilation (sighs) in the streets.
1: Yeah. Um, my dad told me a story because we were in the conversation of cadavers. I don't know why (laughs) it was something. (laughs) You're a biochem
0: major. It's, and he
1: literally was like, you know, I was trying to explain to him, like, you know, how being like, like seeing like a dead body can like mess you up or like you know you can get trauma from things like that I believe we were watching like a movie and I was like no I understand why he like you know was kind of like psycho like or like you know he became that or you know how like Jeffrey Dahmer um, yes was into like cadavers and stuff like that and then ended up you know right he like that
0: like dissecting roadkill and then it like morphed into something else when
1: it was like some form of trauma that he might have had or maybe he found comforted and i don't know but we started get into that conversation he's like i came out okay and i've seen like a dead body he's like yeah i've seen someone where like they were mutilated and i'm like what <laughs> i'm like you've never told me that and he's like yeah uh, one time I was, like, walking down, like, walking at night over a bridge, and you're not supposed to be out that late. And I guess there was, like, somebody, like, literally mutilated, like, on the bridge, and he just, like, walked past it, and he was probably, like, 14.
0: Well, he's probably like, well, that's probably why they tell me not to be out late.
1: Exactly. But then at the
0: same time, it's like, that's not normal.
1: No, it's not. And I can see how he became parent. He had me watch the movie Taken at oh least my God. five
0: times. My dad, too.
1: And he was okay. tell me, he's like, if you don't listen, like, that can happen to you. Like, trying to instill that fear so that I could... I know he was trying to help me understand why he was doing the things. But when you're, like, you know, that young, you don't understand. You're like, you're just trying to take this away from me. You just don't want me to have fun. (laughs) You don't want me to spend the night at my friends. Because I had, like, a childhood friend, and she literally lived down the road. And they would not let me spend the night (laughs) like they knew their mom. But I get it. I do. And I am grateful for it because I think it probably protected me from things I had no clue and how common that shit is, it's fucking scary.
0: Yeah. I think what's mostly scary about it is, like, How common it is. Don't get me wrong. Like, the act itself or, like, the circumstances and stuff. That's horrifying in itself to think of all the things that can happen to a child when their parent isn't there.
1: Absolutely.
0: But, like, the rate at which it happens, I think, is what, like, horrifies me the most. Like, keeps me up the most at night.
1: And I don't blame you. It's a fucking crazy world. One thing that, like, when I lived in Bellingham that was kind of shocking but also, like, eye-opening is they have billboards, like, in Whatcom County saying like sex trafficking happens here. Like they're very vocal about sex trafficking. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, Oh my God, I've never seen a billboard like that before. Oh, I'm we're... like, that's like blunt.
0: <laughs> yeah. Usually there's billboards for like politicians and like, uh, <laughs> like a picture of a fetus.
1: Oh it's god! Like, yeah. The what if one. your
0: mom would have aborted you? And it's like I'm just trying to drive down the road. I don't want to look at this baby. I'm like I was just
1: trying to go to the coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. Gosh. But
0: when, uh, you think of your sister? Do you think you understand her logic of like not coming to? The- Does she not want to come to the states? Like, do you get that logic that she has? You
1: know, we have a strained relationship. If I'm honest with you, mm-hmm. I think she has a lot of resentment towards me because we've lived very different lives yeah and i know she probably sees me as being privileged Mm. not that my parents never gave her the opportunity to be here and that she had more up until like maybe even like a year ago or maybe even this year and you know my parents aren't perfect but they do love their children yeah and yeah.
0: you realize that as an adult mm-hmm. when you're like i did not have perfect parents but they loved me and like exactly. that's more than a lot of people get
1: uh, and i am grateful for that because you know i may not have been the perfect child but they never they have never turned their backs on me ever and i am grateful for that my mom loves us maybe too much <laughs> You're like, my <laughs> mom's a little overbearing, but it's fine. What mother isn't? Yeah, absolutely. Honestly. And I'm grateful. I'd rather have that than not have that because I can't even imagine. Um, but I think she has some resentment towards me um, because she may think that I had opportunities. She didn't. And it's true. I did. There's because th- I
0: came to America, though.
1: There's things that I have, whether it's education or whatever, because, edu- you know, knowledge is freaking power. Yeah. And, like, my mindset is very different than hers. Like, I've tried to talk to her multiple times, but we are just so different. We always end up in an argument. (laughs) Always. But it's hard for me to try to understand because I also probably have felt some resentment towards her. Because I know how I am with my sisters. And my sisters are, like, my babies. Like, You know, being in, I was the oldest sibling here because she wasn't here. So it's like, I helped raise my sister and I'm like, every time I see, I'm like, you know what? I did pretty good. I'd be a pretty good mom. Look at (laughs) you. You turned out just fine, didn't you? But it's like, I wish I would have had that. Like, I wish I would have had that unconditional older sister love, like looks out for me, like gives me you know, advice, tells me, well, you know what could happen if this happens because I've been through it.
0: Right. So it's almost like she resents you for the opportunity that you took,
1: Mm -hmm. but
0: you resent her for having to step into a role that she should have had.
1: Yes. And it's like, you know, that's
0: complex.
1: Mm -hmm. And I'm also like, I would have loved you know, there's certain things in my life where I'm like, would that have happened if I had my older sister around? Because I know damn well that wouldn't have happened if like that. In the past, I may have not loved myself enough for me, but I do love my sisters enough where I'm like, I would never let anything happen to them. And I think I miss that connection with her. I, I value my relationship with my sisters and I'm like, I could not live life without them so I can't I don't know I think I can be resentful and I'm like how could you imagine your life without me and she like will tell me stories of like things that I have no recollection of but that she you know when we lived in Mexico and I'm just like I have no idea about these things like I had no idea about these things and it's like you're telling me them and they seem so foreign and it's like okay you say that you love me so much but It's almost like a feeling of abandonment. Mm. And, like, the older I get, the more I try to understand it. I'm like, why am I, you know, because I do try to forgive. Not necessarily for them, but for me. Right.
0: Forgiveness is like, uh, I think my husband said this to me. Like, if you're going to hold on to something hot, the only person that gets burned is you. Absolutely. By, like, holding that on. And I'm like, burn my hands. I'll hold a grudge (laughs) until the day... I die. But God is not feel
1: better. Kind
0: of like what we talked about at the very beginning is like going through something so traumatic. It's kind of like maybe you feel abandoned in that, too, because then you're like, okay, well, I really could have used an older sister. Yes, and so. you were just, I mean, multiple moments in your life where you're like, I could have used an older sister. And like, thank God I was there for my sister. But you yeah. should have been there for me, too. and, that,
1: and Absolutely. And... It's not my place, and she was just, it's not my place to judge her, is what I know now, Um because I really do try to heal from, like, all of my past traumas, but I do, you know, I do, I'm like, you were just a child, too, you're not gonna know any damn better. Yeah,
0: I was gonna say, how old was she when you guys...
1: I think she was seven. So she's, like, five years older than you? So she, she's, like, how old am I? 26?
0: Yeah, how old are you? <laughs> are you 26? <laughs> yeah, I'm 26. Me
1: too. I'm pretty sure. 90, 1996? Yes. Okay, I'm 1996.
0: we're 26. <laughs> yeah. I'm Wait, 20. when's your birthday? Uh, March 13th, nineteen. <gasps> oh, yeah, we're both Pisces. Yes. yes. Oh, I remember this now. Yes, I
1: was Thanks. so shocked. Same year, too. Look at I us. Know. I'm like, what the fuck? You're Pisces. <laughs> I don't meet many Pisces. i so weird.
0: That's I've so met weird. A, I met a lot when I was at Nordstrom there was like a whole a, a whole <laughs> a gap. cluster. yeah there was a cluster yeah we love Pisces and it was so nice but I still I like feel very attached to them even though like we don't really talk anymore yeah but yeah meeting another Pisces and then there's also like some signs that you get and you're like I don't know technically if you're a bad person, but just something's telling me now that I know when your birthday is that you are. (laughs) I just, I'm going to keep my distance. (laughs) That's
1: funny. Or I feel like you can also kind of feel it. Yeah. Like I, because of like my past experiences, like sometimes I can be kind of reserved. And like, if you don't know me and I've had this conversation with like a good friend of mine who works, um, she works at the gym and she's awesome. Uh, Is she also my good friend? And <laughs> You'd love her. Yeah. You would love her. She's amazing. She's such a, she's taught me how to like really root for women. Like, I don't think she knows this, but she like has taught me how to root for women. Shout her
0: out. Shout her out.
1: Jess. Jess. <laughs> she's an esthetician. She's my SD bestie. She just graduated. Oh,
0: congratulations, Jess. Yes. From the FFS family.
1: <laughs> um, but, you know, like, oh yeah she has she's she's such a like i've never met a girl that literally just wants to see every girl like every woman succeed like she's so about women empowerment which inspires me to be about women empowerment because there's fucking room for all of us oh my god i know there's room for everybody but it doesn't have to be that big of a deal it doesn't have to be a competition you don't have to feel insecure but it comes down to you know if i had if i Felt those feelings where I'm, like, envious or jealous of another woman or what they have because I believe I should have it or just shit like that, like... It really just comes from a place of
0: insecurity,
1: insecurity, and yep. that is a fucking bitch to face.
0: I was just gonna say that. I feel like in the last couple months, well, i will giving myself some credit. Maybe like six months to a year, I've been able to really be like, okay, I only felt that way because you're insecure, and that's not their fault. Like that's hundred no, percent your fault. But you try true. and make someone else a bad guy because you're like.
1: Or you say say things things in your head. You're like, they're okay. They're not that pretty. They're not that cool. Oh, but it (laughs) but it comes from a place where, like, you know, you leave a toxic relationship and all you feel is all this like hatred and stuff for, you know, that person or for dealing with it. And then
0: and your self worth is like literally on the floor. Like
1: you feel small. Like it's taken me a fucking long time, and it's still a work in progress. I'm always gonna be a work in progress. But, like, I'm very happy that I can say now that, like, and I've sort i'm i I have surrounded myself with better people also sure. that are like that that like are, you know, there's room like if I can uplift you in any way, I'm going to do that,
0: right? Like,
1: I want you to win just as much as I want me to win. And if there's something I can do for you, then, okay, if you need something for me, great. But that shit takes a long time. Like learning to love yourself and learning to accept and hold yourself accountable like you're only feeling insecure because x y and z of your trauma right and that like i said the ego man my ego (laughs) i'm like you need to get out of here you need to die yeah it's hard to find that balance between society do you see how they like try and pin us against us or like oh, you gotta be this. There's just so many fucking expectations of women, and I'm just, like, I'm glad I'm in a place where I'm confident and secure. And, you know, I have fucking bad days. Yeah, who doesn't? I fucking have days where I'm, like, I just don't like myself. (laughs) Like, I'm not doing enough, even though my days are fucking 14 hours long. I
0: know, that's how I feel, too. I'm, like, I need to be doing more, and I literally work from, like, 10 to 12. Well... 10 in the morning to 12 midnight 10 to 12 two hours a day but it's like it's so easy for that little voice to creep inside your head and be like you're not doing
1: or like taking a day off I recently took a like I didn't I just took a day off and didn't do anything and I felt fucking guilty Oh, like, of course. I literally woke up late and I felt guilty. <laughs> I'm like now I don't have enough hours in the day even though it's just 2. I'm like now I ha- don't have enough hours in the day to get everything done, which means I'm not being productive, which means I don't care about my goals. <laughs> I, I mean, think
0: that's also American mentality too, though. Like that hustle and grind. If you're not at the best, you don't have a million side hustles that are making you seven different streams <laughs> of passive income, then you're not living up. I cannot tell you my algorithm is side hustles, where it's literally like drop shift or drop ship a um uh like a kitchen tool through Amazon, and you'll make twenty thousand dollars in a month. Oh body. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like should i really do oh that? my gosh should i buy should i buy 500
1: potato peelers <laughs> and drop ship them on oh, amazon money. So i've literally seen that and i'm like you know what people <laughs> making money off of this maybe i should add this to my fucking do i need to puzzles? make a digital planner
0: and post it on etsy It's like, it's so crazy because, yeah, maybe one person did make $20,000, but like the majority of people are not making it. And it takes
1: fucking time. Everything takes time, and I'm fucking impatient. I'm fucking, yeah, no, me too. I'm over it. I'm like, I want instant gratification right now.
0: Yeah. Okay, one more thing before we end. Is this a Pisces thing where you, Mm -hmm. I'm just asking another Pisces, everybody, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you make up things in your head where you're like, based off of the last interaction I had with this person, they said this, this with this tone, I think they're mad. And I think it's because of this and that I did this. Like, do you make up like fake Things scenarios. In head,
1: almost. Oh, for sure. Oh, my gosh. We had lost our train of thought. Okay, I had lost my train of thought about why we even shouted out Jess and how oh, she right. empowered me. And that was because I was like, you know, she's a very confident girl and stuff like that. And I'm like, maybe, maybe I just don't click with her. Maybe she's too positive. And I really had to fucking examine. I fucking love her now. And I'm fucking grateful she's in my life. But I had to really fucking examine that. Yeah. I'm like... Oh, it's really because I want to be like that. Right. Yeah.
0: But. That little bit of jealousy. And I was
1: making, like, scenarios in my head with, like, not necessarily her, but just, like, everything in life. I'm like, they gave me an attitude or they said this and I feel like they're not being genuine. Like I'm creating all of these little scenarios in my head or like that person looked at me in a weird way. And I'm like, no bitch, no one gives a fuck. Yeah. Like no one's that person was deassociating herself <laughs> and looking into space and you're over here thinking they hate you. Oh yeah. I'll like convince myself in like a matter of three hours that my husband
0: has like fallen out of love with me <laughs> and that I need to like, it's <laughs> It's freaking wild and I just, you have to tell yourself, you're like, that's that's not happening. No. It's fine, but that also comes from being in a relationship where it's like you got to question everything and you're made to question yourself constantly, so it's just
1: part of that untraining. All we can do is fucking keep learning and keep growing and keep trying to be better and I'm all constantly trying to work to heal things that... And I feel like this last year especially, I've really been able to, like, face myself for who I am Mm -hmm. and decisions I've made in the past and learning to, like, forgive myself. I'm like, you did that because you were in a survival mode. You had those thoughts because you were made to be so fucking miserable that you hated life. And I'm just grateful for God. Like, I'm, you know, I was never really... Okay, I grew up being very, very Catholic. Right. But. Surprise. (laughs) Literally, I'm like, I grew up being very, very Catholic. So there were certain things that were, like, integrated. And I'm not saying or offending or.
0: No, you can say whatever you want. Yeah,
1: like, that Catholics are back or anything like that. I just, you know, I think that I stayed in my relationship because I had seen my parents be together their whole life. And I'm like divorce doesn't exist. You stay with the person you have been with. Yeah. So I, but I prayed, man. I prayed so hard and I'm like, you know what? If God really exists, he's going to get me out of this situation because I want to be happy. I deserve to be happy because I literally thought like I was a bad person. I'm like, I'm a bad person. This is why all of these horrible things are happening to me. Well,
0: the person you love the most has convinced you you're a bad person. So it's like, well, if the person who's supposed to, like, love me the most and think the highest of me thinks I'm this way, then I have to be the spawn of hell.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, I, yeah, I prayed for, like, I would go to bed and sleep crying every single night for a year every single night like there was no day that I did not cry and I'm glad like when I'm just happy that like you know God really hears me and it's funny that you mentioned the deer thing outside your house because when like me and my ex had like broken up like I would pray and I'd be like just show me a sign that you're here just please show me a sign that you're here because I was just like at my fucking wits end I was like I can either be really chaotic and maybe, like, become an alcoholic because I'm so sad. Right. Or I can pick myself up and try and be the best person that I fucking can. And, like, I ask for signs and I would see deers in pairs of three. Always. And that, I actually have a video on my phone on Snapchat, I'll show you in a bit, where, like, There was a group of three deers in front of the house that I was living with and I was scared to like go to my door, but they were right fucking there and they didn't move. So I like, I was so close to them and I actually found a deer, a little baby deer, um, on the side of the hall of the highway going to, uh, work and I picked it up and I like, Picked up. up an
0: entire deer? It
1: was, like, a little bit. Well, it was, like, a little baby, baby. deer. But it was, like, on the side of the fucking road. I'm, like, you're going to get ran over. So, I, like, picked it up and I was, like, like, I keep seeing these fucking deer. I'm, like, God is real. God is good. And I don't want to push my shit to anyone. Like, believe you know, what inspiring. you No, it's
0: inspiring. Honestly, I mean, to have, like, such an unabided like, faith in something, it's very rare. Nobody feels that way anymore.
1: I'm, like, I have nothing to fucking lose, and if I lose faith, then I'm going to go through a very dark path, and everything that I have prayed for, like, it has come true. Like, I (laughs) actually, I, like, have prayed about some funny-ass shit where I'm, like, oh, you heard that? That's kind of embarrassing. I'm, like, God, please let me not like this that much, because I like it too much and I just want to be better. And then it happens and I'm like, Oh, this is kind of weird. Like, please let me
0: show restraint. I'm like,
1: okay. I don't know. I'm just grateful for life and I'm grateful to where I'm at right now. Cause even if I have bad days, they're nothing like I used to live. Like, yeah, it's like, I can have a bad day, but it's a lot better than where I've been.
0: And if you can recognize that, I
1: think that's how you
0: stay in like a cycle of like, constant and eternal gratification for the life that you have where it's like I'm not having a good day now but it's nowhere near the worst day I've ever had
1: absolutely and I'm like you know what I have gone through worse and I you know some people are like oh don't think of it like that I'm like no I have to Because I have gone through worse, and I think – I may think this is, like, the end of the world right now, but I know how strong I am.
0: Yeah, it's like a pain tolerance Mm -hmm. where you're, like, I've been at this point, and now I'm here. I'm still on the high end, maybe, but I'm definitely – Not there. Not at my max. (laughs) Exactly. So, like, everything's going to be fine. I totally get that.
1: I agree. Uh, But I – you know, if I can, like, say one thing, I'm just, like, you know, for people to, like, practice gratitude – like, be grateful even for the smallest things, you know, you wake up and you're able to fucking drink your coffee and, you know, go work out and go to a job. And I'm just grateful. That's, I know what it's like not to have anything and to feel like the world is caving in. So now I'm so fucking appreciative of everything. Um, whether it's small, whether it's me seeing a fucking, a fucking squirrel, like I'm like, that brings me so much gratitude. It's so grounding to be outside. like Yeah. And then you get to go outside. Like I mean, your I just, body can move. Yeah. Like you can go to fucking Starbucks. That's a luxury.
0: Oh, yeah. Going to Starbucks. The other day, I was <laughs> thinking how happy I was that I didn't have a colostomy bag. For some reason, I started thinking about like the mechanism yeah. of like, colostomies. And I was like... Thank God I can just sit down and go.
1: And working in healthcare makes you fucking grateful. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Because you see a lot of sick people, and I'm just like, ugh, you are struggling so hard to be able to walk from your vehicle to inside this clinic to get looked at for primary care, not urgent care, even though you look like you may need urgent care. Yeah. Like, I don't know. These last five years, I'm just grateful they were fucking hard. I thought I was going to die like a million times because I'm overdramatic, but... I came out at the end, and I'm winning because I'm happy with myself, and I'm happy where I'm going, and I know I'm a good person, and that makes me feel so
0: good. This (laughs) has made me feel so good. I feel like I'm about about to walk away with, like, the happiest heart in the world.
1: Good. I just hope, you know, because I know sometimes people can see, you know, as anything, social media gets glamorized. You glamorize your fucking life. Yeah. Um, you take the cute pictures and the cute outfits and the cute shops and people can misconstrue that to like, oh, their life is perfect. So perfect.
0: It's a highlight reel. Instagram's Absolutely. just a highlight reel. Someone else's it is life is just
1: a highlight. I'm like, if you sit down and you talk to me and I told you the things that I've gone through, you would never fucking imagine it.
0: Oh, yeah. Especially if you just look at someone's Instagram. Like my Instagram, people are probably like, wow, she hikes a lot. That's not right. (laughs) I hike hardly, but if I'm hiking, I'm posting about it. But it's like it's so easy to have a different, um, like view or like a different image. That's the word I want to use. A different image on social media. I I I completely
1: agree. Or it's like sometimes people can think, you know, oh, you probably got handed out those things. I'm like, I came from nothing. You know, I didn't come from a wealthy family. I. I got into things I shouldn't have. I dealt with things that I shouldn't have. I probably have done things I shouldn't have. But, you know, there's a fucking light at the end of the tunnel.
0: Yeah. And it's as long not- as you
1: don't lose fucking faith, faith is God's... Faith and dogs are God's gift to us.
0: <laughs> yes, faith and dogs. <laughs>
1: i totally oh that's so
0: funny dogs this is I like the fifth dogs. time you've mentioned dogs i, I know i like, like literally go to your house
1: i'm like do you have pets
0: yeah, that was a you're like, where's the bathroom? And do you have
1: pets? <laughs> you're like, no, I don't. I was like, that's okay. Yeah, I was like,
0: she's disappointed
1: that I don't have a dog. <laughs> no, you're good. After what you've told me, now I understand.
0: Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for coming on the po- I'm so excited to have you back on already.
1: Aw, it's always such a pleasure to talk to you. Even if it's outside of the setting, of course. It's always fun. It's always nice. You're a great listener.
0: Oh. Thank you. You I take that to heart. Thank you. You're
1: welcome.